This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, afternoon and evening and welcome to episode 228 of the Stacey West podcast. My name is Gary. I seem to be here all the time, but in a uh, in a, a unique change, I'm joined for the first time um, as presenter by a, uh, a new guest. He was Ben's, Ben's co-presenter last week, my co-presenter this week. It is Mr. Charlie Beeston. How are you doing, mate? Hello. Yeah, all good. Um, yeah, we've not done one of these before, actually, have we? The only ones I've done have been with Ben and Chris, so... Well, well, we did. The, we kind of did, we did the strikers one a little bit. Yeah, um, but then even then, I don't we... think me and you were actually on it at the same time. No, what's wrong with me? Correct. You've been avoiding me on purpose, Charlie. Uh, d- 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 no comment. No comment. No, no, quite. Um, so yeah, it is a little bit of a new lineup. Um, so we, we're kind of rotating and, and mixing things up. We're a day early because. Um, we, we, as in myself, Chris and uh, Ben are going to a gig tomorrow night. Um, Chris is currently football training this evening. So uh, Charlie draws the short straw and, and gets in with me. Um, not literally. So you're saying I was last resort. Oh, OK, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything, but your new nickname is Papa Roach. <laughs> Maybe that reference might go over your head. You're probably too young. It for really Papa has. Yeah. yeah, they did a song called Last Resort. Uh... How old are you, Charlie? 19. Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, Papa Roach would be about 1998. You've not heard of Papa Roach, Last Resort? No. Got my life in two pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation. Oh. No breathing. Okay, ah. yes, I've heard that song. Um, and that is an absolutely, absolutely brilliant rendition to go out on audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I didn't realise that it was them. Uh, well, there was a last resort um, yesterday in the 98th minute. It was a corner and it was to Northampton. So we're going to have to move on and talk about football. Um, so the game which we're dissecting, obviously, is Lincoln City versus Northampton Town. Took place at the most dismal ground of six fields uh, yesterday. But it was actually a theatre or it was a game worthy of theatre. It had a little bit of everything. And um, we've got lots and lots to talk about. So shall we start at the beginning? Um, mm. No real surprises, I don't think, in team selection. Last Sorensen missing out through uh, a knock, I believe, but it, it looked pretty full strength to me. Yeah, um, I think the, one of the first things was it was a positive that Last was actually on the bench. Um, when we all saw that Burroughs was starting, to be honest, I think most of us predicted that uh, after him coming, after Sorensen coming off on Saturday. But the fact that Sorensen was on the bench was um, really positive. And yeah, outside of that, really no major surprises. Pretty full strength squad. The sort of same sort of lineup that we've been having give or take a couple of players for the last few games. And yet Northampton 
started incredibly well. I mean, look, I was impressed with them all night, but for the first 20 minutes, perhaps, uh, I think they had the lion's share of possession. They had the best chance through Mitch Pinnock, Flash D, Volley Wide. Uh, I think a lot of people saw Northampton Town just come up. Every time we go to six fields, we, we win. I, I seem to remember going there, winning 1-0. We won there 4 4-1, 4-0 a few years ago as well. Um, but he, yeah, I thought they were a really slick side. But certainly in those first 20 minutes, they showed us that they're going to be uh, they're going to be fine in League One this season. Yeah, exactly. That first 20 minutes was, it was kind of a typical sort of away game. You go there, you expect them to have the ball a bit more. You expect them to really try and come on to you as, as the home team. Um, and they did that, and they did that really well. They they played some beautiful passes through the thirds. It wasn't just having possession for possession's sake. They were really sort of trying to get forward. They had a couple of really good opportunities. You, you sort of mentioned the, the volley from Hoskins, and then Tyree Simpson, if he could have just got the ball out of his feet a little bit more for that early chance. He got it on target anyway, but there wasn't too much power behind it. I think a lot of that was because of the fact he just couldn't really get it out of his feet. Um, so, yeah, they... Realistically, 20, 25 minutes in, we were probably lucky not to have conceded. I'm not saying that they had a barrage of chances that was constantly hitting the target, but they had enough about them to, to know that it wasn't going to be an easy game for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first 15 minutes, they had two shots, one on target. The one that was off target was the volley. Um, I think I think said Hoskins, I think it was Mitch Pinnock. Um, yes, no, sorry, it was. Yes. Um, so they, they were certainly on top. And then... We just grew into the game. And, and look, we're going to come on to tactical changes. But in our 3-4-3, three, three, we began to get Ethan Arahan on the ball. We began to get Danny Mandrio on the ball. And I just felt um, a goal was coming. I mean, obviously, I, I was watching from I, on iFollow and Mark Hone was purring. He thought, thought that every time <laughs> we went forward, we were going to score. Um, and when we did score, it was an absolute belter. Yeah, it was... It kind of really stemmed from what you said. We, we were getting the ball forward more. We really grew into the game, which is obviously, like I've already mentioned, it's what you need to do when you go away from home, soak up the early pressure and then move forward from there. And that's what we did. And it, I mean, the goal itself, the, the touch, the sort of little flick up from Rico to then hammer that home, flick up with his right and then hammer it in with his left. Uh, I think I've got those the right way around. It was just, It was just a really sweet goal. But that was a small part of the goal. The pass, the touch and the pass from Mandroyu, first of all, the, the pre-assist, if you like, was absolutely fantastic. Ethan Aaron and then just Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it was and then the space that he had in front of him was there. So he just went into it. And and then he, he gets to sort of the edge of the penalty area and it's just, you know, the space in front of him is starting to close. Who cares? He makes a perfect, simple pass, simple really because he made it look simple, straight down into the centre of the, well, just outside the penalty area, just on the uh, edge of the D, to Rico Hackett, who then, like I said, flipped it up and shot it straight into the straight into the top of the net. And it was just a really, really nice, well-worked attacking goal. And it showed the quality that we've got to be able to overturn any games at the minute, I feel. The, the, the quality that we've got in that attack is... Yeah, if I was Mark Hone, well... I was there and I was also purring like Marco. So, Yeah, do you know what? I, um, I take your point on board there about the quality that we have in attack. And I think part of the problem maybe at half-time was trying to get too many components on the field at the same time in terms of attack. But I think after that, obviously, Ben House, if only he had a better left foot, probably would have made it 2-0. Uh, I thought... Jack Borough's created a great chance for House again. I mean, Borough's really impressed me. I think there's a, a massive claim for Jack Borough's and Lass Sorensen as our starting fullbacks at the minute. I thought Jaden Brown looked a little bit tepid last night at times. Um, and I, do you know what? I just go in, into half time just before their two chances. They're two good chances for a member just before half time. But going into that, I thought we're going to see this out. It's going to be two or three nil. Yeah. I very much agree. We we had grown into the game, as I've said, and we were continuing to push forward. I, I very much take on the point about Burroughs, and I very much agree. I think he's, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant wing back, and um, it, 
even the first, what, the 20 minutes or whatever he had at Wickham, maybe slightly longer, was fantastic. To then back that up again yesterday with what I thought was a really solid performance away from home in against what was realistically a really tough Northampton side. So, yeah, I, th- I think there was the opportunity there to go on and push forward for a few more goals. I'm going to be honest, I thought Ben House didn't have the best game last night. Um, no, I agree. I, I, I'm not saying that that was all on him, situation of the game on all of this but I thought um, actually in hindsight maybe if Tyler started it might have been slightly different we'll never know um, but yeah so obviously we'd have wanted those extra goals but that didn't happen then going into half time did it no he didn't obviously Hoskins I think was had the looping header that just uh, it had beaten Jensen and looked Jensen or Jensen looked like it was going going in but even so we went in a half time <clears throat> And I thought, you know what, more of the same and we'll win this game because we'd got to a point where I think that we were absolutely in control. Um, we uh, Bear in mind those first, first 15 minutes we hadn't had a shot. In the opening mm-hmm. uh, 45, we had five with two on target. They had six with one on target. XG, we nudged 0.86 to 0.24. We'd restricted them. So for me, I, do you know what, I thought that we were doing everything that we needed to to win the game. So I went off. I had a uh, I had a lovely cake. Uh, I had some clotted cream like a scone. It was lovely. I had a cup of tea. I'm sat there. I'm thinking, I'm happy with this. I'm going to write my notes up. And as I sat down at half time, it comes into my earpiece. Um, we've made a change and we've we've gone four four two. And I can't understand why, when you've won the first half, you make the change. Yeah, that's exactly what um, exactly what I said. As you kind of alluded to earlier, I was sat next to Chris um, for last night's game, and we spoke about going into half time and actually at half time how comfortable we were making the game look from what was the first fifteen minutes where Northampton were without a doubt the better side. Uh, we, like I say, we were then just making it look really comfortable, making it look like an easy game for us, and expected us to go on and win. And yeah, the change. Um, it was a, it was a really fascinating game tactically last night, and the, the first obviously major change was at halftime when that fought, when when we brought off uh, Jaden Brown, brought on Tyler Walker, uh, went to a four four two shape, and we we were all kind of sat there plotting when we saw the changes. Right, how's this going to line up? Um, and then obviously, yes, it did end up being a four four two with TJ at right back. Um, I'm just going to pick up slightly on TJ. I didn't think he had the best of games last night either. But I, I'm also willing to accept that a lot of that will be down to the fact he was playing at right back for 25 minutes as an out-and-out right back when that's he, he we, we know that's not the position he wants to really be playing. He wants to be playing as right of a back three. It just seemed really strange to me, as you said it did you. We, we grew into the game. We were winning 1-0. We'd become comfortable. We'd like you say, really neutralised their attacks. Why are we changing? And I was really hoping that Mark Kennedy would come out and say that, oh, Jaden Brown had to come off because of a knock and Lass Sorensen wasn't ready to come on. But there was no, no mention of that in his post-match press conference. So I'm really struggling to find the excuse, if you like, or the reason for why it happened. Well, I think he said that We'd been four four two out of possession because look, yes. we talk about tactics all the time, and Chris will not like this, but tactics are overrated. Formation, rather, sorry, tactics are not overrated. Yes. Formation is overrated. Um, and he said, "Oh, we'd been pushing Jack Burrows down the right wing, which yeah. I could kind of buy. I could kind of understand it, um, but there was no need then to go. Well, we'll shift him over to left back then, and we'll put Hackett on the right." Mm-hmm. For me, it just seemed like a we've got to get Tyler Walker on the field as soon as possible kind of thing. But when you're winning 1-0, that's not the case. Look, we don't, me and you, we don't, we don't watch the players week in, week out. Um, we're not with them every day. We're not training with them. So we don't know. And it would be really crass of me, like many people probably are doing, to say the manager didn't know what he was doing because that would, you know, he obviously did. Yeah. He's a football manager. I don't expect him to criticise my writing. So, But it just seemed an odd change to make. And the fact is, it absolutely decimated the second half. I think it went on too long. 
I think 10 minutes mm -hmm. in, you could see it wasn't working. They were having, yeah. they had the chance seven minutes after the restart, they had the chance where Jensen made the save and then it was cleared off the line by O'Connor and then it was cleared yeah. off the line by. And, and at that point, I'm just thinking, make the change, bring Lass on, mm. take off mm. um, whoever, but not, not, not Danny Mandrew. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think if we look back, Mark Kennedy wouldn't say it after the game. I think, you know, when my, Michael Horton does the end of season thing, they do their end of season review. Mm -hmm. I think Mark Kennedy will look back and say, with hindsight, I, 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 we, I'll not say I, because it's not all on him, we maybe got that wrong. The second half stats, 2.76 XG for Northampton, 0.12 for us. One shot on target, no shots off target for us. 13 off shots in total, eight on target for Northampton. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree with the fact that it went on too long. I think what's, what's most frustrating, I think, is the fact that Lass was on the bench. Lass was seemingly ready and available. And he showed that when he came on, he had a hunger about him. He was actually playing quite high. Um, he, we know that he's the attacking threat and could also be a really good outball. Why didn't we bring him on sooner is, is the biggest question. And yes, there, there were, let's be honest, six players that could have come off for last because we could quite easily have started moving things around. Um, Charlie? Yeah, it was Charlie. He agreed. He agrees yeah. with you. There's two Charlies yes, on the yeah. podcast. Yes. There we go. I. <laughs> um, I wonder. If, yeah, we... I wonder if there's anyone driving. Sorry, I wonder if there's anyone driving right now who's just literally gone. Shit. <laughs> that made me jump. <laughs> so yeah. Ultimately, we had so many different players that could have come off and of, that last could have come on for, and also Alistair Smith was on the bench who. Sort of, um, I wanted to see come on a little bit earlier. Ted Bishop, obviously, um, as well. And it, it's really weird because it's it's a negative the fact that we didn't do it sooner, but it's also a positive in the fact that we have so many options now. Me, me, and Chris were sat there deliberating. Right, okay, we're currently in the four four two. We know we need to get out of this. Mark Kennedy isn't stupid, and well, he isn't naive enough. I'm not going to use the word stupid because that's unfair on. Appleton, when he, sometimes he did do it a little bit too much. But Kennedy isn't naive enough to stick with the formation when he knows it clearly isn't working for the rest of the game up until the 90th minute. But what shape did we get, could we have gone to? We had the 3-4-3 as an option. We had the 3-5-2 as an option. We could have had um, Androyu, Walker, uh, front two, and we bring off House, or, or a Rico uh, Walker front two, sorry, and have Androyu in behind. Or we could have had a flat midfield three and brought on somebody like Alistair Smith or a, a Mandroy or a Rico. There were so many different options that we could have done. We then obviously decided to go for the 3-4-3 three, three again. I get it. Go back to what you know works. I'm all for that. I'm going to be honest though. I'm not a fan of Ben House playing out on the wing. No. Agreed. I I think it's a, a little bit of a waste I think realistically, Mandroy, you should have stayed on. Ben House should have come off, especially considering the fact that Ben House already wasn't having the best game of, of his life last night. Do you, do you think it's to do with fitness? Do you think we're looking at Mandroy and going, he's special? We were, we were still leading at that point, bear in mind. <sighs> yes, but I'd have, said, I'd have agreed with that if we made the sub on 55 minutes. The fact we made it on 67, I think it was, and the fact that they had grown back into the game so much and were now a real threat that actually this lead was no longer comfortable. Not that a 1-0 lead ever is, but this lead definitely wasn't comfortable. It's it, Fitness has to come after sporting ability at that point and what works best. And to be fair... It worked quite well bringing Lasson and going back to the three four three, because obviously his his little dink, Pordy was not missing that header. Uh, he was, and somebody somebody afterwards said that he was offside. I didn't see a hint of offside in either. I, I, I went went back to watch the highlights and paused exactly on uh, when the ball was kicked by Lass. He's marginal, but he is on the guy on the far oh, post yeah. is keeping him onside. Yeah, so it's two 0 uh, the minute of the goal escapes me. We've got, um, you know, we've got what, 
15 minutes. I think it was 78. So we've got 12 minutes plus six of stoppage time. So 18 minutes. Still a fair bit. Well, say six <laughs> of stoppage time. So we've still got 20 minutes football to play when we go to and a lot. But you feel that we've scored and we've got maybe 10 minutes by the time the, the celebration's finished. But people are saying, you've got to hold on. Look, you just said TJ not had a, the best of games. I'm going to defend TJ. I actually thought he, he played all right up until that mm-hmm. header. Um, it's nice to disagree for once with somebody <laughs> on the podcast. It's either Ben who I disagree with all the time or, or Chris who... I think I'm thinking of starting a new feature. Gary, find something Gary and Chris disagree on. Um, oh, that could be so fun. It, 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 yeah, I think so. It's not a great defensive header. It's a good finish from the uh, the boy that came on for Northampton. 2-1, you're under siege. That's the goal for me that kind of changes the game. Um, mm. And I know it, that's obvious. It's such a stupid thing to say. There'll be people there going uh, now listening to this going, what, what a knobby thing to say. But you don't, if you don't concede that goal, all of the drama that we're going to talk about in a minute doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether the referee wants to play till midnight. It doesn't matter if he wants them to be able to take their throw-ins 20 yards away. Don't concede that goal. You're 2-0 up going into injury. It might, not even, happen. The it might not even happen anyway if that goal doesn't it, go in. Exactly, because, because they've got to get so many men forward. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it did happen. It did score. And then, look, Charlie, you were there. The, last, the, last, the substitutions are being made. The board goes up. Go on. I'll leave it with you because I don't want to get pissed I, off again. Yeah, look... I... I was really in two minds last night. I was immediately really, really annoyed. Then I I actually sided with the referee then and then went back. And now I can really see both sides of it. So for the breakdown, I, I know, I know. You're, you're going to get very annoyed <laughs> for the breakdown. Six, minimum six minutes added on. Okay. Yeah. Remember, the word is minimum. <laughs> um, yeah. But also, also, the six minutes is technically supposed to start as soon as the 90th minute starts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ends, sorry. 90, 90 minutes ends. We did not get back underway after those substitutions until 90, 90 minutes and 50 seconds. I've... I've I have gone back onto the full match replay on Lincoln City to go and check that. Now, the goal was scored on literally exactly 97. Should there have been maybe a little bit of extra time after the 96th minute? Sure. Should there have been that much? That's then where the questionability comes into it, and probably not. And also, the fact that we still played for what seemed like another full minute after the celebrations... That, that was just what it seemed like in the stadium. I don't know if it, I don't know exactly if that was how long it was. That is a joke. There should have been more than ninety six. Should there be a, have been a hit? Probably not. Um, the throw in one. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't see that at the time. I didn't realise that he had moved as far as he did. But he did. <laughs> this makes it really, really annoying. I'm going to go back on everything I said last night. Um, I can't argue about the timekeeping because it's a minimum. Um, yeah. it, it is frustrating because actually they, they probably should have had time to take the corner. But mm. you're, the, at the end of the day, unfortunately, they're the new rules. And we were told that it was going to happen. And we, you know, in our, our, our third game, we've fallen foul. And the throw-in is what's hacked me off. Um, because if, that, if, that, if they're going to start taking it from where the ball is, on the cone, you're going to see all sorts of madness. Now, look, if that's 22 minutes in and somebody steals 20 yards, the referee sends him back because there's no urgency. I felt that the referee was inconsistent all, all night long, but I thought that that was as much in our benefit as it was their benefit. I've watched the Sean Rowan penalty back. It, it's not far off being we, a penalty. We would be fuming if that wasn't given against us. And you we, we'd be, we'd be currently sat here talking about something totally separate. You know what I mean? It's yeah. There's a, there's a touch on Hoskins, mm-hmm. um, with, uh, when he gets booked, which actually there's the, you know it is a dive, but he's gone down feeling contact. Yeah, it's, it's another one where do you know what? He actually might have got something if he didn't go down so easily, uh, and I think yeah. that's 
that, that's often the case. I, I know a few people that have that same issue with Ben House. I don't necessarily see it myself, but they find him going down far too easy all the time. I, I don't think that's the case. Um, but it's just about knowing when to do it. And he tried his luck and failed. But look, at the end of the day, we got a draw. We didn't deserve it. Best of fact, their XG was three. They should have scored three goals, not two. Mm-hmm. Um, our XG was under was was under one. So we were lucky mm-hmm. to get one, let alone two. Um, so we can't have any complaints about the result. What I think as fans we can look at is just that change at halftime and how drastically um, mm-hmm. it altered the, the, the way that we approached the game. And I think when you make a change like that, it's all right then reverting back to it. But then we reverted back to it, and like you say, it was square pegs with with Ben House out wide. Whereas we could have left Danny Mandrio on if we needed to bring Danny Mandrio off. Um, there's there's other options available. Um, Dylan Duffy. If Dylan Duffy was on the bench. Dylan now. Duffy was. On, I'm almost certainly was on the bench because I was kind of calling for him to come on. Yeah, but it, it is what it is. Look, we, we're undefeated in two. We have scored seven goals in five games. Uh, seven, seven goals in three games, rather. Um, all from open play, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, I don't know if it was a corner in Notts County game. I can't remember now. It seems a long it, while it ago. Was, it was a corner, but it was a knock-on from Powdy to Sean Rowan at the back oh, post. Yes, so that's right. Make of that one what you were. Um, and I just feel you know I it's disappointing, but I think come the end of the season, I think Northampton Town will be 13th, 14th comfortably. And I yeah. don't think a draw there will be a particularly bad result. No, I, I 100% agree. Um, I saw that you had put a message in the uh, League One group chat that we're, that we're in. Um, and it's funny because I had literally two minutes before you'd done that, I'd actually messaged Danny um, from It's All Cobblers to Me, who uh, we did the preview with last week, uh, basically just saying the exact same, look, you guys are, you guys are a force. You're going you're gonna to be safe. Um, yeah. it's, yes, it's, it was their first point last night, but they... From, from what I can gather, we're really, we're really positive against Wigan. Uh, they could have gone 2-1 up just before they went 2-1 down. So, yeah, ultimately, it is, it is a really good point. It's not in terms of the manner that it happened. The fact that we conceded late on, you know, in the, in the dying seconds after being 2-0 up, it's going to hurt. But actually, it was a good performance from us. It was a good performance from that. Well, I say it was a good performance from us. It, it was in spells and certain areas. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It was good for 30 minutes. That, yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's the thing. But at the same time, it's just a, we had the experiment, if you'd like to call it that, um, in the at the start of the second half. We now know it's unsuccessful. I don't expect us to be seeing that again anytime soon. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it, it was a point that we should be running away with. So that's Northampton Town. That's the game done and dusted. It's a point. We go into Shrewsbury, which we'll talk about in a little while, um, on the back of a on the back of a draw. Two teams that did not pick up uh, draws last night were Walsall and Dagenham and Redbridge, but they both had contracted Lincoln City players in, and those contracted Lincoln City players both had an input into the results. So Freddie Draper. Uh, created an assist as Walsall were beaten for something, for two, for one, something like that. Um, beaten three one by Wrexham, I do believe. Three one, uh, and Charlie yeah. Kendall scored a late, late goal, a 90th minute goal for Dagenham. They were already four one down against Gateshead at home, um, but he's he's picked up a loose ball and, and kind of a half volley through. Kind of, I think it hits the keeper and goes in, but it's a decent finish. Nice to see oh, Charlie strikers finish. Soon. Yeah, nice to see him get on the score sheet, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, it really was. Um, I, I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure how many minutes he's been getting so far for Dagenham since he's, he's gone out there. But to see him sort of picking up his first this early on is promising and hopefully he can just carry on carry on with that, hopefully into January and then see whether or not he's ready for maybe even a step up into League 2 the second half of the season. I can't see it, but the option is always there. I think it's best to leave him where he is. He's playing regular football for Dagenham. I think he's started the last couple of games and been brought off in, in one of the games. But it's I like the fact he's down there. I like the fact he's got a goal. I still think there's a player in Kendall. I, I think he's a player, and we've discussed this on the pod before, that probably needs to play two up top. And that's the interesting thing with Draper as well. Freddie Draper, I mean, that's two assists, by the way, now. 
um, that he's playing two up top with Danny Johnson, who was on loan at Mansfield, I think, last season, um, or was sorry, was on loan at Walsall from Mansfield and then was recalled and then went back. Um, and he's earning some positive reviews. There was one or two um, things I read on Twitter about, you know, he's excited. Let's not forget, Freddie Draper's still only 19 years old as well. I think of the two, he's the one that next season you're thinking, well, if he carries on like this, if he carries on, if he comes back with mm. ten goal, ten goal involvements over the course of the season, you know he's a future Lincoln City striker. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and then suddenly it's actually if Championship clubs are coming in for Ben House, and we can get a good amount of money for him, we've got the cover cover there so that we're not going to be that worried immediate in the immediate short term if it were to happen. So we will um, take five minutes because I'm going to talk at you about McDonald's, I think, or something like that. And another one of our sponsors um, will uh, will also deliver you some sort of advertising that we may or may not um, condone. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, so on the on the back of that, just to kind of make a little bit of an announcement, because I've had the invoice through today, so it's going to happen. Uh, so we have been sponsored. We have been um, pushing adverts at you and you've been listening more and more. I'm sure it's not because of the adverts, which means that um, by the end of the year, we will have raised enough money to sponsor a Lincoln City player. So we are sponsoring uh, next season. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Yeah, mine wasn't. Mine wasn't a drum roll. Mine sounded like my old <laughs> escort on a February. Uh, that's a car, by the way. Not that wasn't a girl that I was going to see. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really want to know what she sounded like, to be honest, Gary. But <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about a sponsor and a player, and now I'm making it sound as if I have availed the services of Ladies of the Night. I haven't. I haven't ever paid for it. Um, just so everybody's nice and clear uh, about that. Um, so sorry to Ethan Arahan. Uh, I've spoiled the big uh, the big end introduction. Uh, but yes, so Stacey West uh, podcast next season will be the away kit sponsor of Ethan Arahan. Um, so thank you very much, everybody, for continuing to listen. Please do keep doing because I've gone in for half of this out of my own pocket <laughs> until, <laughs> until we've got enough money. So if you all suddenly stop, look, stop listening... Um, yeah, that could be a problem. But Ethan Arahan, and, and I put it in the group chat, didn't I, Charlie? And he was a popular pick. Yeah, you uh, you just put the message in the group chat. If we could sponsor anyone, who would it be? And I think all three of us, almost simultaneously, just put Ethan. And for the record, that was before Hamilton had signed, I do believe. So th- there was no confusion on that either. Yeah, no. And I've said he's a way shirt. Um, you can all fight me for it. Um <laughs> So <laughs> before the... <laughs> no, that we'll would actually be a fight to the death, though, so probably not the best. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd be all right. I think I'd, I'd, I think I'd fare well. I think if we had a Royal Rumble, it'd be different over the top rope because there's not as much of me, so I'm not as nimble. Um, but I think in an actual fight, if it was just the four of us, I, I'm not so sure. I, I, think, I think I'd be all right. Um, speaking of fighting... Well, yeah, something to ponder on. Uh, we, we have a fighter at centre-back. He scored a goal yesterday. He got an assist um, at the uh, against Notts County. 
Paul O'Connor. Now, Paul O'Connor has been the subject of rumours um, through the course of well, we're, we're recording on Wednesday. So through the course of Wednesday, Championship clubs clubs are readying a bid for him. Um, I have it on good authority that as things stand, as we record on Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening, uh, there, there are no bids and no soft inquiries for Paul O'Connor at all. Uh, and it is widely expected that he will be a Lincoln City player um, for the foreseeable future. So quite where this is coming from, we don't know. Uh, but it is heavily intimated uh, that, that Paul O'Connor is a Lincoln City player, captain and a key part of the squad. Good news, Charlie. Yeah. Um, I, I saw the rumours very, very briefly today. And to be honest, I've seen some people speaking kind of doomsday, oh, he definitely won't be here by Saturday, all of this. I, I didn't believe it, quite frankly. I didn't think there was anything to it. Um, it was it was the sort of rumour that was kind of, I don't want to say poorly put together, but it just, there was no kind of up to it. There was no actual substance. Um, as you've said, you know, I don't know, good authority that. It isn't the case, which is a really positive news at the end of the day. Um, Pordy is our is our captain, he is our leader, and he he's that in in every sense of the word. Um, not just kind of being a vocal uh, leader on the pitch, but also being one of our one of our best players and probably our best centre half. Definitely was last season. Um, yeah, it's it's just a really good new. You know, it's not a new deal, but it's really good news uh, that we can that we can keep him. And at the end of the day, we've built our squad with him in mind this season, and it's the last thing you want to have. It's the last kind of player you'd want taken off you this uh, this late in the window. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, two things I'll pick up on there. First of all, obviously, I had, um, had the pleasure of being at a sponsors event last Thursday, um, and Pordy did a little introduction to some of the sponsors, and then he came over and had a chat. And I, I didn't get any vibes that he was a player that wanted to move on at all. In the interviews, I haven't either. And the reason I say that because obviously, if somebody comes in and goes, "I'm going to give you a million pound," he can be as happy as you want. You'll, you know, you'd sell. But you said there about you weren't sure the rumour seemed poorly put together. And I think it, it is, um, and for several reasons. So, first of all, when, a tra- when someone first messages me with, have you seen this? Because inevitably that happens. I don't sit on social media all day long. So the first I tend to find out about something is somebody says, have you seen this? Ryan at the Real EFL, Ryan Whelan's brilliant for us because he's, he's on it all day, every day. As soon as anything Lincoln <laughs> goes anywhere, he sends me it. So he sends me, he sent me this. But other people send me stuff as well. The first first thing I always check is, where's it from? So if it's from EFL Hub 9 or XA, <laughs> Johnny Bellend or whatever, instantly I'm just going, I'm not even going to bother with that. I'm not, I won't reply to it. I'm not going to give it any sort of credence whatsoever. Then there's a group of websites that I also feel uh, similar about. Team Talk is one. If, if there's a rumour from Team Talk about Lincoln City that hasn't been seen anywhere else, they don't have their own journalists. They don't have particular, you know, they're, they're writing stuff, but it's they're not proper rumours. If it comes from um, uh, like a, a Peter Rourke, who's Football mm-hmm. Insider, if it comes from um, Nixon, the Sun journalist, something like that, you think, I will, I'll pay a little bit of attention to this. You trust the Sun? No, 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 no. I don't trust Nixon. I'll pay attention to his rumours. Uh, do you know what, Charlie? This is the first time we've recorded. If you swear like that at me again, it will be the last time. <laughs> yeah, I put my dad voice up there. You're actually looking a little bit worried. I'm not like... <laughs> you said that and you've got... God. What's going to happen if I then make a joke about you banging on about your running? God, I'll be off immediately. You're fine. Make a joke about my running. Make a joke about me visiting prostitutes. But if you say that I like the Sun newspaper, you have crossed the line. You have crossed. So you admit that you um, visit. Pro- right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so it, that, that 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 then has validity. So that has validity. So Peter Rourke is a journalist who, in the past, has got things right. And if you do you do a search on Football Insider, you will see a mix of stories that are both right and incorrect about Lincoln. Football Insider broke that we were talking to Michael Carrick about the manager's job. We weren't. Football Insider broke that we were in locked in talks with Sheldon Armstrong. He was on our list. What that suggests to me is that the rumours tend to come particularly for that particular journalist, some through agents. They got that we were talking to Morgan Whitaker, Liam Cullen first off, 
So it would suggest to me, and they these, they don't tend to come from clubs anyway. A football club doesn't tend to ring up an, a, a paper and go, oh, we, we're going to put a bid in for um, for Pordy O'Connor. Just thought I'd give you a heads up. And certainly you don't get four of them all ringing Peter Rourke on one afternoon going, yeah, we're, we're going to put a bid in. And he goes, do you know what? I'll write a story about this, but not name any of them. So the story tends to come from the agent, if anything. Um, so that kind of got me thinking about the the Pordy, and I've done a little video on it as well. So I think it's kind of come from that. Is it trying to prompt a new deal potentially? It might not have come from the agent, but it was a story that looked like it had validity uh, and, a, and and one that probably doesn't. So you know, if you're one of the people that's listening to this tonight, because I think it's going to go out about half ten, you can sleep easy. If you're waking up on your drive in the morning, just tweet it out there. Stacey West said he's not moving, uh, and nine times out of ten, he'll be gone by lunchtime. So, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I, I mean, look, every player has a price. If a championship club comes in before Saturday and says, here's £1.5 million, you take it. You know, no questions asked. So, But my understanding is we're more likely to have an incoming than an outgoing before Saturday's game. So, uh, And Saturday's game is against Shrewsbury. So before Charlie mm. and I talk about Salop and explain exactly what Salop is, because we do get asked. It sounds like it was a stew of some description, but it isn't. Uh, who have you spoken to this week? So this week, I have had the pleasure of speaking with Ollie from the Salopcast. So take a little listen here and then make sure to check the full thing out on YouTube. I'm Paddy O'Connor and you're listening to the Stacey West podcast. So looking, looking ahead to Saturday, how are we expecting you to line up? What kind of formation, what kind of shape are you likely to play in? And then who are going to be the players in key positions? Yeah, so um, the way we started the season, um, we've typically played three at the back, two wing backs, mm-hmm. yeah. um, a bit of a, a, a kind of more deeper line central midfielder and then two number eights mm-hmm. and two strikers. Um, so that's the that's the kind of the setup that we're playing at the moment. Um, where we are playing the more the ball at the back more. Um, so so Anderson, who's on loan from Sunderland, and Feeney, who yeah. was signed from Carlisle, um, mm. they're the kind of the outlets on the side. Um, and then we play a lot of channel balls down the sides. Yeah. Um, so we don't really we don't necessarily play through the middle, but I think that's something that um, Steve Cottrell was very much a channel play the balls down the channel and we're starting to see some adaptations from Matt Taylor in terms of bringing his own style and you're starting to see things but he's going to link him back to that first interview that he gave with the club he's trying to do things in in baby steps rather than trying to go too far too quickly and you know six points out of nine suggests that um, that's the right approach to play Um, but I think it's fair to say that Lincoln has definitely been the toughest league one side we're going to play. Um, Cheltenham has started, Stevenage, sorry, have started well. Um, mm. But I think in terms of a test on paper, yeah. I would say definitely Lincoln, Lincoln is the toughest um, test out of Burton, Cheltenham and Stevenage. I don't think I'm saying anything too crazy there. No, I think I would probably agree with that, whether that's me being biased or what, I don't know. But we, you know, when you look at the likes of Cheltenham and Burton, their teams that we would be hoping and expecting to beat this season, especially at home, you know, where you had them as well. So I, I would probably agree that this is a tough test for yourselves. And if I'm honest, it's a game where I'm quite optimistic, but we'll go on to sort of score predictions in that in a bit. One sort of final question that I really wanted to ask you, and you've sort of alluded to it there, as a, as a fan of another League One club, you know, and you've obviously changed a lot of your backroom approach now to go with the sort of the full director of football approach. And you know, you're signing players from over in League of Ireland, which is something we've been doing for a couple of years. What? How do you kind of see Lincoln? Do you see us as a club that other clubs in our league should maybe aspire to do things in a similar way, or how do you think that kind of looks as a as an opposition fan? Yeah, obviously. Fact, fact says that Shrewsbury Town are, uh, have been in League One longer than Lincoln, so mm-hmm. that's a fact. Yeah. Um, but but facts also say that you've got more fans than us, mm-hmm. so that should give you advantage over the long term. But I think there's a lot of similarities between the way Lincoln operate yeah. and the way Shrewsbury Town operate. Um, I think geography might sound a bit weird, but it's similar as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're not we're not next to a major population area, nope. um, and we have to do we have to. We have to sign players that are either happy to commute 
or mm-hmm. happy to relocate um, to, to new areas. So I think there's a lot of similarities between Lincoln and Shrewsbury. Yeah. Um, you know, just from a financial perspective, you guys probably should have a bit of a bigger budget than us just because you have more mm-hmm. season ticket holders and more home fans. So, yeah, I'd put Lincoln and Shrewsbury in the same kind of bucket. Um, and, yeah, for us to be successful, yeah, we need to explore avenues, young, bringing younger players through, yeah. tapping into markets that other clubs are, are not doing and, basically just be better at <laughs> better recruitment than um, our rivals such as our, each other um, and yeah. then also trying to compete with some obviously as we know um, some clubs with much bigger budgets in our division so yeah I'd, I'd put Lincoln as a, a kind of a I would not be surprised if a lot of the times we're going for the same players mm-hmm. um, so I'd, yeah I'd, I'd say Shrewsbury Town are quite similar to Lincoln yeah I'd, I'd very much kind of agree with that um, I think at the end of the day we're we're that kind of level uh, in the league where we can't really afford to make too many transfer mistakes because when we do and if we do too many we'll only end up finding ourselves in the relegation zone and and you guys I guess are very similar in the fact that we, we just have to do things like you say better we have to do things right um, because we can't afford to mess up whereas obviously there are some clubs less so this season than last season but there are still some clubs that can quite frankly just outspend us and they make a mistake they go back to it um to kind of bring it back onto saturday i guess the kind of the way to wrap it up the way i always do it score prediction what do you think um, i'm going to go for 2-1 shrewsbury town home victory okay uh i i'm going to go for a 2-0 away win that sounds really boring because I've done that for the past three games in a row, but I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I just I feel like we can we can have a comfortable win, not comfortable, but I feel like we can go to your place and and beat you. And I, and I don't think that's being sort of pig-headed or arrogant in any way. I just think it's where we are at the minute and where you guys are. Hopefully, we can we can go and sort of show something. So. Below, boy, wait, sorry, just have interconjecture there. Below us in the league table. No, that's very true. That's very <laughs> true. Um, yes, you you are only three points off the title. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, be, I'm obviously being. I'm obviously joking. No, no, we, but we, so, I think it's too. I think it's too oh. early to tell where hmm. both sides would be. In theory, you guys should be more ahead of us because yeah. yes, you've had your manager for longer. Yeah. Um, and you should be. Yeah, you should be in a position where you're you're doing uh, a bit better than us. But at the same time, I go back to those players again. So the players yeah, on Tuesday exactly. night that really performed was Shea Dunkley was immense in defence, mm-hmm. absolutely colossus. Um, and then yeah, um, Bayless had a really good game. And then we also signed a player called Perry t- um, for Wolves. Perry. Yes. Yeah, he was at Cheltenham and he was yes. exceptional um, on 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 um, on Tuesday night. So my hope is if we we get Max Matter. Uh, he's obviously been training with the club now for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. week and a half, I think, maybe two weeks. Um, so I think it'll be, a, I think it'll be one of those classic. It'll be a classic league one game. Um, there'll be a mistake or something that will lead to one team getting a goal, and then yeah. the momentum will shift. First fifty, first fifteen minutes have defined, would define the last few games, the last two, or yeah. last two games at least. Um, so yeah, I can see why you know you'd be confident of a, an away victory, but um, we've the same time we've we've won two games at home so far but yeah anything can happen as we know well no that's very true i think ultimately on paper it sort of points to us but since when does football work on paper brilliant thank you charlie and you're here which is weird Um, (laughs) thank you ollie just a word on the ollie salad cast he's one of the uh kind of call us content creators or whatever that i've got loads and loads of time for followed um salad cast on social media for a long while um really really good guy so it was nice to get him on the podcast again thank you wally um how do you see the game going charlie look i i had shrewsbury 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 whichever one you want to call it i never actually know but i had them down Uh, as hmm? it's it's shrewsbury I was going out with a girl. I nearly moved there. It's not Shrewsbury. It's Shrewsbury. Carry on. Well, there we go. It's Shrewsbury. Um, so, yeah, look, I had I had Shrewsbury down as um, one of the four teams I predicted to get relegated. A lot of that was because of a lot of the off off field uh, turmoil, and you won't have necessarily heard it there, but it is something that um, 
me and Ollie spoke about in the in the preview. So obviously, if you want to hear full the full de- in depth detail into it, make sure to go check out check it out on YouTube. But ultimately, the end of last season, they had a lot of backroom changes, and it ended up meaning that Cottrell left, um, but not immediately after the final game of the season. I don't believe it was a. It was a little bit of time. And that took quite a while to then appoint a new manager, which obviously they have now done. But it's I look at their I look at their squad and it really just doesn't excite me. There's there's not enough players in there that make me worried. But then at the same time, they've won both of their home games so far this season. So does on paper really matter with that? Yeah, so it's it's a good point because they have won their two home games against Burton Albion and Cheltenham, two teams who will probably at the minute be battling around the bottom six for the next sort of 10, 12, maybe 15 weeks through till Christmas. Um, decent, you know, they got beat by Stevenage, who have had a decent start. They haven't played anything yet. And when you look at that, we've played in terms of, of Wickham and Bolton, both teams mm-hmm. that were in and around the top 10 last season, it's been a challenging start. They've had two home games, both which you would think would be winnable. I would hope that we will beat Cheltenham and Burton at Cincel Bank this season. Um, yeah. So, Jobby, there's kind of a balance there, so it's hard mm. to say. Yeah, they've had, a, they've had they've got six points from three games; they'll be happy with that. But you ten, twelve games, and you get a little bit more of an, uh, an idea. Um, and again, picking up on the point about Steve Cottrell, I mean, spot on. I agree because I actually thought Shrewsbury and the Steve Cottrell were a decent side. Mm. Um, they made some they made some strong signings. <clears throat> I thought I, there was there's talk about the fact that. He used to play down the budget and one or two observers said that was a bit disingenuous because they'd made some biggish signings like Jordan Shipley and Tom Bayliss, who mm. certainly didn't come cheap. Much of the squad um, that, that beat Burton Albion 2-1 is kind of familiar to us. So that I was worried about yeah. their lack of consistency. But when you look at the team that started Bowman and Udo up top, well, they've been there two, three, four seasons now. Mm-hmm. Shipley, Bayliss... Winchester, I think, who was on loan last season, um, Shay Dunkley. They, you know, it, it's it's kind of there's a feel of the old Shrewsbury about it. They play a, a, a three-five-two, exactly how they used to set up. I mean, I think they went to a three-four-three after about seventy-eight minutes against Burton Albion. So the big question is, do we think the players that they have, the likes of Udo and Bowman, are going to cause us problems? Bowman, I don't like. But he's a decent big target. Um, Udo, I do like. He's the one, I say I like him, he's a decent player. He's the one that smashed Adam Jackson in the head with an elbow and should have been sent off a season or two ago. So there's question marks over the boss. Matty Taylor, I think he had a stint at Walsall and didn't do particularly mm-hmm. well. There was a big question mark over him. They've brought in some Cheltenham lads. I think Taylor Perry uh, was, was one of the boys who came in from Cheltenham as well as the director of football. I, I still don't see, I mean, Shrewsbury at the minute are in, in the top six, okay, so it's the early doors. I think 10, 15 games in, they're going to settle into 15th, 17th, something like that. For me, you go to Shrewsbury. Again, if we go and get a point, look, that'll be five points from four games. It won't be the best haul, but considering we've already done Bolton away, I don't think it'd be the worst haul either. I, st- I said it the other day and I was wrong. I think this is a winnable game, just like I did. I thought Northampton was. Yeah, look, for me, on the on the monthly show that we did, and we kind of went through the games um, that we thought we'd get points from and kind of what our expected points haul was, or hopeful points haul was, we, we all kind of settled on the minimum of kind of six or seven points, which realistically means if we get a draw on Saturday, we then need to get something out of Blackpool at home. I, I definitely do agree in the fact that it is, it is a winnable game. Like I say, they don't have enough about me, about them, as far as I'm concerned, that scares me. Um, to pick up on one of the other signings they've made, Morgan Feeney, centre half in from Carlisle. Good, solid player, but Shrewsbury are a team that want to. They want to be in that kind of same area of the league table that we. Were last season we, we aim to be a minimum this season of that kind of eighth place, let's say, to 12th. And I'm not sure whether the signings they've made are really going to elevate them into that. Not this season anyway. After after that, because they've, they've brought in a couple of younger lads after that, maybe. But this season, I'm worried for them. Um, there was one signing they did make, however, that I would genuinely be quite scared about playing. And I think as a brilliant, brilliant signing at this level, is Max Matter. 
So Max Vatter was brought in from Sligo Rovers over in Ireland, uh, New Zealand international. Um, he's, a, he's a striker. He is not the smallest lad. He's, he's scored 11 goals in the first half of the uh, League of Ireland season. And all of them were from inside of the box. You know, you, you can say that anything about his finishing ability, sure. But as a striker, if you're not in the box and you're not able to tuck them away, you're useless. So he's obviously somebody that can do that. However, the biggest thing is he's not had his visa through yet. Don't quite know. <laughs> he signed two, three weeks ago, but he's not had his visa through yet. He didn't as of Tuesday. Um, and they said, oh, potentially Saturday. But, but we'll... Uh, if he gets his visa for, I don't expect him to start immediately, but he'll he'll get minutes. Um, he's the only new signer that they've made that really makes me sit up, I've got to be honest. Well, I think you've, you made a really good point there about their planning a little bit more for the future. And I think mm. I remember at the end of last season, um, Ollie from Salop Cast was tweeting about what's going on. We didn't have a head coach. Yeah. They missed out on a lot of signings early doors in the window because they yeah. didn't have the head coach in. That I think, like you've just said, that they are actually signing for a year down the line. I don't fear for them because I think that there are four worse teams in this division than Shrewsbury. And I think the older hands that they've got will be able to see them easily stay out of the bottom four. The likes of the Bayliss and the Shipleys and the, and the Bowmans will, will be able to do that. And Morgan Feeney, you know, he's, he helped get Carlisle promoted last season. He's, he's a decent defender, whether he can kind of... Was he at Everton? Am I wrong? Wasn't an Everton youngster? Was uh, yeah, I believe he was actually, yes, before then going on to Carlisle. And uh, because they also signed Sobawali, I think, from Waterford, who again, you know, 24, yes. but a little bit of an unknown quantity. This, they are signing a little bit for the future. They're trying to do things more sustainably. I've got a real feel. Like last season, I said on a podcast, Shrewsbury were what we were aiming to be. So they were trying to tuck in in 10th or 12th. They'd sign, yeah, they were solid. They were dependable, League One side. They, and that was what I wanted us to be. I think there's been a little bit of a role reversal this season because I think the way that they're doing the business and the type of head coach that they've brought in and the type of model, bear in mind with the director of football coming in, like we've got Jez George, it feels to me like they're almost going, well, and it's not literally this, but we want to be like Lincoln City. We want to do things. We want to be signing players from the League of Ireland. We want to be signing players from non-league, which, by the way, they've done quite regularly. Telford has almost been like a Shrewsbury B for a while. And Daniel Udo did really well when he first broke onto the scene with them and then did his ACL, I think, last season. So he's only literally only just come back. He's missed an entire year. Um and I always say it when we're not playing them, I do have a soft spot for them. I spent um, kind of seven or eight months going out with somebody from Shrewsbury. I was kind of, I was going over there. I got off a job uh, at a place called Church Stretton. I used to go along and watch them in pre-season. Good friends with their mascot, Ron. They are a nice little club. They are not dissimilar to us, um, especially, you know, Gay Meadow was quirky. It was an old school ground. It was... So I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Shrewsbury in that respect. So I hope they do stay up. Um, and, and I think they've got every potential to. But like you just said, it's about getting through this season, definitely. Yeah, I and I do agree with the fact that there are worse teams out there. But at the end of the day, those worst teams, if they can make themselves hard to beat it's going to be something that will get them points. And I'm not too sure whether Shrewsbury are going to be able to do that. Not quite as much as... Um, I, I think, for example, Burton Albion. I would predict, if I was a, a match better, that Burton Albion would finish above Shrewsbury this season. Bold after so that, they choose yes, to beat them. I know, I know. Um, but that's the sort of level... That you know that they are going to have to be above, and I'm not too sure if they're going to be able to do that. I, like you say, I, I don't necessarily have that much of a soft spot for them, but it's a nice little away day. Um, like you said, they are they are a decent club. They've got a they've got a nice little fan zone outside. Um, it's apart from the fact it's a 50 minute walk from the station, so it's not the most fun. But <laughs> but it's it is a nice little away little away day, and they're the sort of teams. So one of the teams that I like to see in League One, I like to see them doing well. And you made the point that they may not be doing this consciously. You know, they may not actually be thinking about Lincoln, but they are 
kind of aspiring to be us, you know, and, and do what it is that we're doing. And it was something that um, Danny said when we did the preview on Northampton last week, that Northampton fans would like to see them do something like a Lincoln City, build a really comfortable base in League One to the point where actually if we were to get relegated this season, next season, it would actually be a bit of a surprise, providing nothing went absolutely horribly wrong suddenly. So, yeah, it, it's a sort of game that I think we could win. I think we maybe should win. That's, might be a little bit bold, a bit optimistic and a bit too biased, but it's a game that I think we definitely, like I said, could and also should be winning. So what's your prediction? Draw? Oh, no, we're losing. 2-0. <laughs> I've got it. I'll have it down as a draw. Um, I'd like to say, it's all about Matty Taylor, isn't it? He's 41. I remember him as a player, Portsmouth, all of yeah. that. West Ham, he was, he, was a, he was a good footballer, Matty Taylor. He had a decent spell when he was first at Walsall, took him onto the edge of um, the top seven and then lost, I think, seven games in a row, four points from the bottom. He, he's a risk, but refreshing to see a young manager or a young head coach being given that opportunity rather than the same old faces, rather than here's Phil Brown, yeah. here's Steve Cottrell, here's Michael Appleton, greatest to respect. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. here's somebody new, let's see what he can do. And it's working for us with Mark Kennedy. You know, okay, yeah. tactical aside, it's working very well with us with Mark Kennedy. So I wonder if Mark Kennedy and Matt Taylor ever played against each other. Um Essentially, Kennedy's a bit older, isn't he? Yeah, Ta- Ke- Kennedy Taylor mid to late forties. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a little bit older than me, which is nice because when um, Danny Cowley, I think, was a month older than me, and I used to think, "Wow, I'm the same age as the the Lincoln City manager." Um, I think Kennedy's two years older. I think he's seventy six. He was born. So, I'm the right. Same oh, age there we go. Our youngest players. So that says it all. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it does, doesn't it? You're a child. Why don't you finish us with the last point on the list, uh, Charlie, and make it quick because we're over the hour. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, Chris, and we're still managing to get over the hour. Um, last point is Reading. Um, this evening, EFL have announced that Reading have got a one-point deduction, effective immediately. Um, it's not actually been put on the uh, table so far. But they have got a... It is effective immediately. Um, they have also been fined, or at least their owner has, owner chairperson has. Um, quite frankly, I'm surprised it's just one point, but it is just one for now with the chances of um, it being more. For those that weren't aware, it was because they uh, had unpaid player wages last season. They are in quite a bad situation. This is actually now their 13th point that has been deducted in the past two years. I do believe. So it's, look, we, we bang on about how great Lincoln City is off the pitch, but honestly, it, it's, we can never take it for granted how good of a position that our owners put us in um, and are willing to put us in and work hard to put us in. Quite. Uh, so Reading got their first win on Tuesday, beating Cheltenham 1-0 for an own goal. They haven't actually <laughs> scored a goal of their own in the league yet this season um, they've had two blanks and a and a and a one nil although they put four past Millwall in the league cup which is um, utterly bizarre um, they're coming to us I think on the 16th of December that'll be a it'll be a good day it'll be nice to see a different team we don't go there until April could be a decent away day although I think the Majeski's a bit out of the way we shall have to see look yes that's all we've got time for Charlie thank you very much for joining me how was your first experience with me it was very pleasurable. Is that what you? Is that the same question you asked to your escort lady? Do uh, you know what? It's also been a pleasure having Charlie as a member of the podcast team, but unfortunately, <laughs> um, he's going to be taking a step back from uh, action. So, so look, yeah, look. Thank you very much. I do just want to touch very, very briefly on the, obviously on social media yesterday uh, on on Wednesday. Put that um, a member of our team had. Um, received some personal abuse, uh, which had happened, uh, and he will be taking a step back from frontline presenting for a while, but he's still very, very much part of the team. Um, so Ben is still a, a key and cherished member of the Stacey West podcast team. But for the time being, we will be rotating myself, Charlie and Chris as your hosts. So just as we've gone to two shows a week, we've gone down a presenter. So 
Um, that's ambitious. Uh, but obviously, look, if you've got feedback on the show, give us feedback on the show, but don't make it personal. It's not about us. If you think that I'm a knob, keep that to yourself. If you think that um, you want to see less of me or you want to see more of something we do, that's fine. That's different. Um, so there we go. I've been Gary Hutchinson. He's been Charlie Beast. And you've been great listening to us. That was episode 228 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm looking forward to Shrewsbury and up the imps. Up the imps. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.